0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of
1: the, Mex- the Mexican. I think it's without yeah. the da, no, Anyway, Mexicans. The, the Mexi- Mexican. Yeah, something.
0: As in C A N apostrophe T exactly. S.
1: Not Mexican. My
0: suggestion was rejected because apparently that's a bad
1: word. Yeah, apparently. It's a bad
0: word.
1: Yeah, apparently it's gonna get, it was gonna get like censored everywhere.
0: Well, yeah, but it's going to catch the attention. Let me introduce my co-host. He slices, he dices. He's so old, he knows what a super slicer is. His name is Martin Leon.
1: Thank you. And let me introduce my co-host, or at least I would if you cared who he was. This is Luis Augusto. <laughs> Nobody cares. This is the first episode. Nobody I, cares. I
0: barely, I barely care myself. I
1: like, know. My
0: therapist keeps going, like, you should care about yourself. Like, I... I, I <laughs>
1: I honestly don't and you're like get out of my life who are you to tell me what to do who
0: are you like I'm paying I'm not paying you to make me better I'm paying you I don't know what
1: I'm paying him for. Them. <laughs> anyway. Um, Them, because you suddenly remembered... Uh, I've got more than one therapist. Okay.
0: I've got one.
1: It's okay. one of the, maybe I thought maybe they were non-binary, so... No,
0: no, no. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, I have a gender-fluid therapist. <laughs> exactly. No, no, I don't. I you
1: don't know what it's going to be when you walk into the room.
0: That made me sound so continental. I like, know. I have a non-gender-binary exactly. therapist. And, you know, we all, all we ever do all we ever do is just tear down the patriarchy together yes it's just, yes, 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 yes yes i pay him in haiku it's a bartering system this, this is the kind of therapy that i go to i like it i like yeah.
1: it i mean I, it sounds like it's completely useless but i like it
0: well like therapy as, as right. therapy will be you know no, 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 no.
1: Anyway.
0: why are we doing
1: this why why are
0: we here why Where are we here why are you here <laughs> in your house why are you here in my house like, <laughs> you're invading my property
1: I'm not invading your property uh, I was here I was invited anyway um, all witches
0: have to be invited for them to come in why? yes I think that's vampires though isn't it witches I thought it was witches
1: I mean in general I think it's nice it's like you know, <laughs> people decent and, people people in, in general, general <laughs> people in general should be invited should. should wait to be invited before being like hey what's up I like how also before sucking your blood or you know true or eating your children in the case of witches but but they do it politely it's like may I come in exactly nobody
0: ever says that anymore may I come in
1: well first of all because we're in Mexico speaking of that hi we're in Mexico
0: we are in Mexico yeah you may be wondering because we're those people
1: we're like let's make an English podcast. Why
0: are we speaking English? I don't know. Maybe because of your imperialism. Maybe you should Maybe you should consider that instead of why Why do we have to speak in English in order to appeal to a broader audience? That's yeah, why.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And everyone just turned their podcast like, no, you know, let's listen, oh, oh, let's listen to uh, Anna Faris instead. I
0: don't want you to tell me what my country did wrong. You know, <laughs> just, this is not fun anymore.
1: They're like, you know what? If you don't want to make Mexico great again, we won't help you. But, um, so yeah, that's a good question. Why are we doing that? Well, first of all, because we're two gays. So getting together to do it. We're two gays in comedy.
0: We're two gays in comedy. We're both comedians. So
1: getting together to make a podcast was just a matter of time. Uh, Because, you know, if you just look for gay, like podcasts, gay podcasts, like every two gays, they don't even have to be in comedy. They're like, let's just make a podcast. I think you
0: could draw like a law, like... As two gays approach each other, <laughs> the chances of them, you know, the chances of them yeah. actually starting a, pro- a broadcast, yeah. approach one.
1: That's the a probability of, approaches yeah. one. That's the yeah. homo podcast principle.
0: This is me. This is me being mathematical. You know, it's just yeah. for the first time. So yeah, you anyway,
1: just... you might have noticed that my co-host Luis Augusto uh, has a very distinct
0: accent. Yes. I'm from Guatemala. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, okay. We may as well address it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, The reason I speak the way I do is because this is what happens when you teach homosexual English. It just comes out (laughs) British. It just happens. You know, it's just like, okay, Okay. so everyone repeat after me.
1: A white homosexual. (laughs) The,
0: The teacher goes... All right, everyone repeat after me. Can I get a Diet Coke, please? And you go, can I have a cup of tea? If I could. <laughs> if that would be possible. Now, the reason With a little I. a bit speak- of cream. Yeah, a bit, a bit of cream. A cloud. A cloud, a, a, a cloud of milk. A
1: little bit. A, of milk. a little bit.
0: Cream and tea. Just that, what that's, no, that's yes, you can. I just, I'm not, yeah, okay, fine. I don't, I don't like cream. Anyway, um, yeah, now the reason I speak the way I do is because I, I spent a lot of time in the UK and then I lived in Australia for a while and then it was just my accent's actually quite modelled, but it, it sounds the way it sounds and I can't, I, I honestly cannot speak in any other accent without. It's because technically, you know, yeah.
1: you 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 speak an accent just because what is considered a neutral accent is something different from what you speak,
0: and you know why? Because of imperialism, <laughs> you know. We just well, not that well, right. not
1: that we can say like UK is, is, is stays scot-free out of <laughs> no, imperialism, yeah, but, but, especially considering the Im- empire they built.
0: They like. of they're kind of trying to sweep it under the rug, you know. They're yeah. kind
1: of like, exactly. oh, we were, we were an it's empire. It's like it's topic. like Germanian discrimination. They're like we're so like we're open-minded it. over yeah, over this, now, this, yeah. it's like. Yeah. Anyway, so and I just learned English at a Christian Protestant school in Guadalajara because that's what you do when you get sent to a Christian Protestant should, school.
0: Yeah, you went to a Christian school in Guadalajara, Mexico. You should yeah. be happy you don't just speak dick. You know, it's just like,
1: <laughs> sadly it wasn't that. You know, there were there were. I mean, it was more of a hey, why don't we take you to conversion camp school?
0: A, it was a conversion camp.
1: No school.
0: Like no, this is like you know, dot, dot, dot school. schools. You see? Exactly. It was just whispered, like right? it was an aside.
1: Yeah. Was like, we well, the to... later the, the son of the principal also came out, came out of gay.
0: I do believe that there is, no sh- there is no more surefire way of turning his son gay than sending him to a Catholic or Christian school, especially in Mexico. I don't know how it is um, in other countries, but here in Mexico, it's like, whenever I talk to my friends who went to these really posh Catholic schools, I'm like, I'm so fucking jealous. Like you got, Why they were you, awful? They, but they got all the dick they could possibly have wanted. Like, yeah, I, I, I suppose I that that's, that's my problem.
1: I, 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 I'm, I'm still waiting for marriage. But no, that's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, my, my, school wasn't like that at all. It was, it was just not at all. Although most of my friends went to public school, and they also like got, let's just say they, they, they got around. No slut-shaming here. How
0: do people do that? No, 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 no. Um, if anything, it's admiration. And, exactly. And a, a wee bit of jealousy. Exactly. Because it's like
1: Mauricio Clark, This, I, Like, if you're not from Mexico, you won't know. But Mauricio Clark is this uh, sort of famous-ish person uh, who is now not... Who came out as gay, and now he's, like, saying, no, I'm not gay. Uh, he, got and, he got better he got better very Monty and, Python's exactly like, I, I'm
0: feeling better like it's okay I'm not dead I'm and not. he did
1: an interview for a magazine and they're like and he's like at one point at one point I had sex with eight men at the same time but I know God has forgiven me for that and I'm like dude if you at some point you had sex with eight men I think God was okay with you from the start God is with.
0: giving <laughs> you a high five God <laughs> exactly. is like my man Mauricio like exactly look at what you've it's done it's like I haven't had sex, sex with eight men in my entire life you know <laughs> it's like Look, look how far you've come, and look how much they've come. You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, that sort
1: of... So, anyway... So anyway. So, since this is our first episode, yeah. the idea of this podcast is that we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, pop culture things. Comedy. TV, you know, TV series, uh, movies, a lot of gay and LGBTQ or Jason themes. But since this is our first episode, we wanted to start by, well, getting... To know, letting you get to know us better as your hosts, as the people are going to take you on this magical journey through the minds of two Mexicans who have spent way too much time watching non-Mexican media.
0: Especially because, you know, let's admit it, the Mexican media that you guys are getting in the States, or even in the UK, I'm not really sure that like the UK is vaguely aware of Mexico, but... Um,
1: I mean, telenovelas are being translated and yeah, no, nor- telenovela- world But one. that's
0: the thing—you're getting a very distorted view of Mexico, which is. Like, on Netflix. I can't really, yeah, uh, I can't really blame you for getting a distorted view. Like we all get distorted views of, of different places, but I we do think, and we did think this that would be a, a rather relevant podcast to make because, um, essentially, right now Mexico is like, we I'm personally I'm fairly anxious. Person And I, I am a bit anxious about how Mexico is being portrayed, particularly in the States, because there's so much fear directed at Mexico in the, in the present um, administration. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's always been fear. Here's the thing. It's not a Trump thing. That's something no, but Nobody that, is yeah, exploiting it. Yeah, he's but that's using that,
1: yeah, it
0: as a... As a, I don't know, as a launching pad for, you know... Yeah, for, for the wall. Yeah, exactly. For the wall and for all sorts of, of beliefs. And obviously he is appealing to a crowd that has certain... You know some prejudices against Mexico and Mexicans, but you. And here's the thing: I can't really blame the people who are starting to hate Mexicans now. This may be a, very, a, bit, a bit controversial. Like I, I literally just made half the people listening to us just Yeah, on. my God. No, but we're gonna
1: get. Do you want to share your Twitter?
0: No, the thing. <laughs> it's a, yeah, you can. You can send all hate comments so at and, real Donald Trump. To, at, yeah, at real <laughs> Donald Trump. No, here's the thing. I get what it's like to be like to be the victim of fear-mongering. i understand what it's like when your country is in crisis if someone comes on on tv and says it's these guys fault a part of you wants to believe that because that just
1: It makes it easier it
0: makes it easier yeah. it makes it easy just to say oh, it, it's these people now can i honestly blame people who have many of them i mean this is not a prejudice but like a lot of trump voters demographically they did not have the greatest education. And they, not, they, they they weren't particularly well-traveled. So if no. someone comes and tells me, you know these people, you barely know, but they're doing these awful things. I mean, totally. Stuff. But
1: my problem there is that the people that use that fear and are exploiting that fear and hiding that fear, they're well-educated and they know exactly what they're doing.
0: That's the thing. I think that the Trump electorate is as much a victim... Yes. No, but wait. I almost said something <laughs> very stupid. <laughs>
1: Should I edit that out? No, no, it's um, fine. I, I
0: can edit myself. I they both, um, They're both. They're just being manipulated in ways that, you know, people will be manipulated by politics. Totally. I mean,
1: but, I mean, anyway, uh, so, so with, without, that, in, with that in mind, we, there's several things we want to do with this podcast, like, you know, there are several things that we want to have in every episode to create a sort of. A warm envelopment of routine for you to fall into yes like soft mexican san marcos cobijas um if you don't know you're gonna have to explain yeah if you don't know what that is just google it uh but Uh,
0: the (laughs) patron saint of fuzz yes exactly
1: Um, and one of them is we're going to start the the podcast by talking about by doing or talking about something stereotypically Mexican. Stereotypically Mexican. So yeah, Mexico is not that bad. But what are, what's the theme for today? Crime. Crime. Why? Picture- Why?
0: Okay, we're gonna yeah. We wanted when we you know um, throwing around ideas uh, about for the for the podcast. We were like, okay, we should talk about Mexican stereotypes because some of them have some truth to them. Yeah. But it's fine to like. When you hear someone from that place talk about them, it's like, okay, okay, I, I understand why I believe exactly. that now. It's, it makes you feel better for, for knowing this stereotype. And some of them are, are quite true. And crime, mm. <laughs> we have a very, a very important reason why we chose this. Exactly. Well,
1: you, you should know, dear listener, that um, this isn't the first time we're recording our first episode. Uh, this isn't even the second episode. This is technically the third episode we're recording. But when we recorded the first episode... Uh, which I did in my old phone, uh, I, because I, I, I had another pocket. I recorded my phone. This is not a high-tech operation, um, but basically I usually recorded it, and then immediately I sent it to my own email so that I wouldn't lose the file. I didn't do that with the last time we recorded. So I was walking merrily along Mexico City subway with my phone in my pocket, as you did. And when I was going into one of the subway trains, I was pushed. And as I was pushed, I was listening to music and the music just stopped. And I thought, okay, just the, my headphones, uh, unplugged. And when I went to look for my phone, my phone wasn't there anymore. My phone was lost. It was robbed. It was taken from you. It was taken from me.
0: Mexico City, city of gravity exactly. and crime.
1: Uh, so I lost those two episodes, and I was yeah. sad. And I talked and I called Luis Augusto, and I'm like, I'm so
0: sorry. And I'm like, it's Mexico. So yeah, crime in Mexico it does happen. Although I will say, yes, the the one time I've been violently uh, mugged, it was in Australia. Actually, no, that's that's the one time. Like I've been I've been robbed. Like I've I've, I've had things. Yeah, yeah, of course. Me, like big me, pocket. Yeah, big pocket. Or, like, maybe I'm stupid and I left my bag, like, Somewhere, kind of, yeah. yeah, hanging from my chair and someone just dipped into it and t- took, like, something, your money yeah. or my wallet, whatever. But the one time that I was violently, like,
1: yeah, you were give murdered.
0: me your money and there was a weapon involved, it was in Australia.
1: Okay. And you don't really
0: it was Britain? <laughs> Australia, if you're <laughs> listening to us.
1: It was the great city of Australia. The great
0: city of Brisbane. It was Brisbane okay. and it was very late at night. And here's the thing. This is something that has a lot to do with the Mexican crime stereotype because we do get a lot of crime in Mexico and especially violent crime. Like we do get a lot of violent crime. So we have this idea that if you're in a you know, quote unquote first world country, mm-hmm. nothing bad could possibly happen to you because that yeah. is the land of milk and honey or, in yeah, that case, beer course. and kangaroo. Yeah,
1: people think yeah. that you could just walk around at midnight and Central yeah, you Park. Just,
0: yeah, nothing's going to happen because yeah. it's, it's Australia. Like, what could possibly happen in Australia? Someone's going to, like, buy me a beer? Like, <laughs> like, you know, it's just like... You're, you might, you're scared you know, of the animals. A dingo might steal your baby. A dingo might steal my baby. No, but you know, you're scared of the animals, but you don't really think, oh, come on, crime. But humans in are Australia, animals. You know, and just to make it, like... And, and then... I told a few of my friends in Australia when I... Later, you know, I I was there for about two years. And later I... I, You waited
1: two years to tell them? No, no.
0: (laughs) I would would meet people. I would meet people. And they were... You know, the the topic of crime in Mexico would always come up. Of course. And I would tell them this story. It became kind of a standard to me. Like, the first time I was murdered was right here in Australia. What have you got to say for yourselves? You know, fucking Ireland. And they were like... And a lot of them were like, but was he white? Like they would they would ask me of in a course. in a very you know yeah. and, and Australians are not are not known for their subtlety, but like they would yeah. go, was he white? That was what it boiled down to. And I was like, Yes, he was white. And he was young. I remember he was very young. He was actually, you know, he was like he looked he was like a teenager. He must have been like seventeen. Oh my god. And it was like leaving the train station, three AM okay. and I got mugged. He had a knife, uh and I was like, you know, I was always told, like, my, my dad, my dad, I, I used to take, like, self-defense classes and so on. And my dad was like, you know, I, I can let you fuck around with self-defense. But trust me, best self-defense, give them what they want. Yeah, totally. Give them what they want. So I gave him my wallet. and I, gave him, I fortunately, I, I gave him my passport. Because when you're a Mexican abroad, every time a white person tells you, stop, you give them your passport. Like, I'm here legally. <laughs> I gave him my passport and stop.
1: We've peaked. That was the best joke in the whole podcast. <laughs> well, there, 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 stop, best podcast. It's a
0: thing, it's the thing. It's like here's my papers. You know, it's like i And he looks at my passport, and I don't think he even registered that I was from from uh, like out of the country or whatever. Like he just like, oh, this is rubbish, and he just tossed it on the ground. Which was I was so thankful. relieved. I, I mean, yeah, my god. Like, oh my god. The, this was the fastest developing case of Stockholm syndrome ever because I quite <laughs> loved him. For returning my passport, he just threw it it on the ground and he left with my wallet, my phone, some money I was carrying with me. And my passport, I was like, that's the one thing I cannot lose. That's the one thing I cannot lose. Everything else I got sent, but like getting a new passport abroad is a nightmare. So I was so happy. So yeah, crime in Mexico. And we're talking about crime in Mexico because, you know, the first two podcast episodes.
1: And and the thing is, uh, a lot of people complain about a lot of people, especially like foreign friends that come and visit, have had their phone pickpocketed from them in, in, in Subway. And I think it's a fact that uh, a lot of uh, foreigners aren't... Because you're, you're aware of, you know, don't stay out too late at night, don't go to certain places. But when you're in a Subway and there's all these people and, you know, they're, they've, they've, they've trained for this, you know. Uh, but So I have several friends, uh, foreign friends, who've had their, their phones pickpocketed. But like every time you go to U.S. and they're like, oh my God, there's crime in Mexico. And you're like, yeah, I mean... Again, you know, walk around Central Park, you know, 2 a.m. You're not going to you're not going to come out alive. Um, so it's so it's like, yes, we have a big it's a big city. Mexico City is a big city. So we have the problems of big city. Um, and, you know, uh, and yeah, we might have, you know, our, you know, dangers in other parts of the country, oh my uh, god! So come to Mexico; it'll be fun. But
0: no, it's it's fine. I mean, Mexico City is fine. A lot of places in Mexico are really Yeah, like
1: all, any part you see with a whole bunch of tourists, like Cancun and all of that. They're they're fine. And you know, you'll do fine. Come spend your dollars; it'll be fine. I don't. Mexico has this whole thing that if you have Mexican DNA, whatever the fuck that is, they'll give you a discount. Really? You didn't see that?
0: How do they collect the DNA? They, they do a test. Please test. ejaculate uh-huh. on this cup. I think
1: they just drop They have a sommelier. I just think they they have, a s- they have a gay
0: sommelier. And they just like, he just sips the, <laughs> sips the cup. And is like, oh, yes, of course. Of course. Of the course. Yucatan. <laughs> Very good year.
1: <laughs> so that's our Mexican stereotype for the day. Crime. And
0: also you can help us with crime by
1: doing less fucking coke. Thank you,
0: America. It's true.
1: It's true. It's yeah, true. It's true. It's, okay. true. it's true. It's true. Just a little bit less.
0: Pay less. You know, pay them less. Start
1: haggling. When you said pay less, I imagine pay less selling coke. Like, no you know, pay less shoes.
0: <laughs> now pay, pay, pay your dealer less Start haggling Start going Oh it's, it's 100 I'll give you 20 And just slowly drive Like let's make Yes Let's make like a house market Housing market bubble
1: yeah, Because dealers <laughs> Dealers are known for their You know Even minded You know like Such even tempered uh, Personas
0: Look <laughs> They need to make a buck
1: That's true So, anyway, uh, so that's uh, The Mexican Startup for the day. We've talked about why we're doing this. Have you talked about why we're doing this?
0: Yeah, we're doing this because we want people to get to know know us and get to know Mexico, get to know the Mexican Earth. And also because we're comedians
1: and we want people to come to our shows.
0: Like what, we want people to come from the States to our shows? Like, Is that is that part of the plan?
1: Well, ideally, Luis Augusto, someday we will have a show in the US, okay? That would be good. You I'm, have to I'm dream big.
0: We actually have a show in English next week yeah. at the American we, Legion. We have two. Yeah. Oh, we have we two, have pinch-
1: We have Pinche Gringo, which was named by an American. Leave me alone. Don't at me. And we have... um. What's it? And then we have... American Legion. The American
0: Legion, which which is every bit the handmaid's tale as it sounds like it's just a, blessed be the fruit. May the Lord open. Yes.
1: I had I actually have done a show there before and it was like four comedians. And the only audience was basically this like 60 year old veteran from Texas. Oh my god. So it's like so it's like Martin you're going to be the last and like nobody was making this guy laugh and I'm like of course yeah the gay guy's going to make the 60 year old veteran from Texas laugh and actually it worked it worked.
0: There you go. I you talked
1: go. about how I had uh, I had a cousin in the army and I think he immediately was like oh he has a cousin in the army he can't be that bad. He supports <laughs> the troops. Exactly. Yeah. And I do. Um, at least I support my cousin having a job. Uh, fair enough. So, um, so since to get to know know each other, uh, we have we have had we have three questions we're gonna do, we're gonna do we're gonna ask each other, and you know first you're gonna ask a question I'm gonna answer it then you're gonna answer your own question and then we will start again the process three times oh right so six times technically because it's times. six questions anyway uh, I'm fun like that people yeah. like just strap in to over explaining I'm basically Nemo's dad. Basically, Nemo's dad. Well done. So, what's your first question? Is okay, my
0: think? first question is: uh, We're both stand-up comics. Um, you have considerably more experience doing stand-up than I do. Stop
1: calling me old. I'm, well, I've I only like, been doing like it for nine euphemism. years. I like
0: the euphemisms. I can say like, "You look very." Stand-up. I had my
1: nine-year like I'm doing. I've been doing stand-up for nine years. Show last Saturday, and I invited Luis Augusto to be there, and he started by. <laughs> calling me old. I did. I'm 34. I was 34. And um, you are? I'm 29. A cunt. <laughs> I
0: am a cunt. And I am a motherfucking cunt. So anyway, what's your question? Uh, my question is, um, and it's something that I've, 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 I've often wondered about, like with, with stand up. When did you first realize you were funny?
1: When did I first I mean, realize it? If,
0: if, if, you, if you've realized it at all. Like, <laughs> I've been to your shows. Like, I was I'm, today I, years I've old been, when I've, I realized I've been
1: to your shows. It's a hit and miss thing. Yes. I've been to yours too. It's uh, more than a miss than a it hit. It is, but,
0: it is. Yeah, but then again, I'm so young and inexperienced. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know,
1: I know. I mean, that's your excuse, what you're going to do in, in a couple of years when you can't use that excuse anymore. Botox. <laughs> Boom. That's what I'm doing. So anyway, I mean... Uh when did I know I was funny? Um I really like I remember the I was today years old <laughs> that meme just came back to me because like I realized I've never really seen myself as funny. I I kind of do comedy and I know I'm good at it. Shut up. Um No,
0: he is very good. Yeah.
1: Uh but I think that the day I realized I was I was funny um, it was um, in junior junior high, um, this is going to sound so conceited, and I don't remember exactly what I said, but my, I usually hang, when I was in junior high, I hung out mostly with my brother and one of his friends, my brother's four, four years older than me, and we were, uh, we went to watch, um, it, must, it couldn't have been junior high because... Jurassic Park came out in 1994, Three, four, 94, yes, long four, long so I was 10 years old. Um, and w- of course I saw Jurassic Park, I'm like, I'm going to become a paleontologist, because I thought that was an actual job. Uh, and it is, it's just not going to Jurassic Park. Um, and we were there, and we were, and we were watching that movie, uh, and this is the first time I, I remember making people that I don't know laugh. This is why I'm 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 mentioning it, Uh, and because of the story I've told before. But basically, we're watching the movie, and in the part where the T-Rex goes tries to eat the children from the top, from and like they they have the they have the glass that stops the T-Rex from eating them. Watch them if you haven't watched that movie, people. I don't know what to tell you. It's an amazing movie. It's the best movie ever. Anyway, so in that part in the movie theater, that happened. And I said something about it being heavy or something. I remember having said a line about that. And everyone around me laughed. And that was when I said, like, that was nice. I should make that again. It feels good. It feels good Getting to me. the approval of strangers. Others. And ever since then, I have been looking for that from other people. Laughter, approval, and some... Facsimile of love. Uh, no, I was kidding. So I think it, it was, I mean, from then on, I, 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 my family in general, when we got together, they're very sarcastic, very ironic. They like, you know, cracking jokes to each other. And I was always able to sort of keep up with them. So that's kind of it. How about you?
0: When did I first realize I was funny? Yeah. I was. Actually, growing up, I was the least funny person. That's what people. Say. And maybe that hasn't changed. No, I was. Okay. I was. No, I was really not funny. Like I didn't really even develop a sense of humor. I had a notoriously like terrible sense of humor. I wouldn't In laugh. What way? I wouldn't laugh at things. I wouldn't laugh at myself. Like I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. Well, see... to be fair, a lot of
1: people don't know how to laugh at themselves. That is true. But
0: like, <laughs> I, but but isn't that, isn't that like kind of the cornerstone of stand up? Right. It's like you're able to. Take this thing that can be funny about yourself, right? yeah. at least that's that's the kind of stand-up I like doing. Like yeah, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. this is how impossibly ridiculous I can be. And I was not funny at all. I was I was very you know I, I got I went through a lot of bullying you know which is like oh poor poor me, it's like, <laughs> gay person growing up like yes. just yeah. But um, I was very, like, just stone-faced, didn't really engage in, in jokes and whatever. And when people made each other laugh in school, I just didn't find it funny. Um, and I remember the first time that I, that somebody told me I was funny because I needed to be told. I needed to be told. And it was it was my mum. Okay. It was, it was actually my mum and, and a few of her friends. And I wasn't I a wasn't particularly um, sociable person. I'm still not, really. But uh, I'd gotten back from, um, th- there was a massive storm here in Mexico City and I'd been driving back home. It was about, probably about seven, no, like 19. And I, I was driving back and I went through this flooded area Okay. And it it became just absolute chaos and people were freaking out and I just pulled over to the side of the road and there was like women just like going, getting out of their cars and <laughs> bringing out their purses and trying like that somebody somebody's car had broken down so there was this husband yelling at this woman. It was just chaos. It was disgusting and I it took me like 3 hours to get home when it should have taken me like 15 minutes. It was awful. I had the worst day and I was just soaking wet. And I go into my and I I, my my hair was really wet as well. It was really long back. It was like probably around and a halfway down. Yes, show the people. Just halfway (laughs) halfway down my back, and um, I go into my house, and there's my mum and three of her friends, and I'm just like miserable. And they go like, "What happened?" And I just break into this monologue of everything that happened (laughs) and how this was terrible. And then this, this, you know, this. Kant steps out of the car and she's looking for something and her car is flooding, but she needs her purse. And then this guy is trying to push his car out of this, like... Basically, room. you
1: were in your own episode of This Is Not Happening.
0: I was, yeah, I was in my episode. of this episode. I just kept going and going. But I was genuinely looking for sympathy. Like these women, my mother included, they're going to go, oh my God, that's terrible. You poor guy, let me make you some dinner. Instead, they were pissing themselves laughing, just pissing themselves laughing. <laughs> and I, I remember it felt good, and I also felt felt a bit put upon because I was I was genuinely looking for sympathy, and in, instead I got laughter. But my mum was like delighted. My mother's friends were delighted, and then when my mother's friends left, they were like, "I've never seen you engage with people so well." And I was like, "That says terrible things about me, <laughs> and therefore terrible things about my upri- upbringing." Mother, so you know. Take stock. Take stock, mother. Take stock of what we're... But, um, and every time something bad happened to me, like something bad, not terrible, but no. like I got a flat tire or I, um, I spent two, line, two hours waiting in line at the bank no. or whatever. My mum would, would, she would honestly say this thing. She would say, oh, did you have a bad day? Tell me because it's <laughs> so much fun. She would say this she would mean well she would mean well but she would enjoy my stories yeah. like I would be so sarcastic and I would be my absolute most ranting self
1: yeah rants you make rants fun and that's I enjoy rants I will fun. have to tell you that's a talent well
0: because 50% of my comedy is a rant really exactly that. but
1: that's the thing you make rants fun a lot of people just rant and it's like whatever yeah sure like, like oh no, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody you cares. make your rants fun, and that's Thank why you. people care about your rants. Like
0: may, yeah, but that's when I and I was really late in life. Like it was really, yeah, you know, I, okay. I must have been about nineteen. I was just like, oh, my, this is enjoyable. Yeah, my misery is enjoyable <laughs> to do. <people." laughs> to others. but that's the thing. It was kind of like stepping out of a of a very very um, bad place because up until then my misery was I would just like try to get people's sympathy. Yeah, and people's sympathy is less reliable than people's laughter, I've found. It's easier to make people laugh than to make people... But
1: I mean, and laugh. this is just me uh, thinking out loud. but I think that the problem also is that when you, when you tell, uh, when you're looking for sympathy, because um, I also would like to, you know, be, make people laugh with, you know, whatever went wrong for my day. Um, but I think the thing with sympathy is that in order to get sincere th- sympathy, like you need to the very word things very specifically. Because otherwise, people... And I don't know how bad this is, or if it's bad at all. But I think the idea of, well, you know, something bad happened, just shake it off. Like, you know, don't... Um, I, think that's, I, I think that's also kind of healthy, that you can laugh at things that happen. On the other hand, yeah, sometimes you're like, dude, I, this is nothing. Yeah,
0: it, it does happen. It does happen. But yeah, like, I think it was my first it was the first clue that I had that you can turn the things that hurt you, you can turn them into something that kind of heals you through making people laugh at you okay. it, because it's so ridiculous sometimes. Yes. And since then, I think, I just like, that's why a lot of my comedy is, is dark humour. Um, it's dark humour, not because necessarily I want to shock people, but because some of the really dark things that happen to us, they have really ridiculous sides that I really like yeah. to talk about. So... That's 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 how it happened. That's how I realized I was funny. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So my turn. Really simple question. What's a joke you love?
0: A joke I love. Yeah. Ah, uh, like like a standard, like an like an old. It can joke. be a
1: standard joke. It can be like a comic you saw. It can be a, a part of a sitcom. It can be.
0: Okay. Um, I'm gonna. There's okay. I'm obsessed with this joke, like obsessed to the point that I look at myself in the mirror and I try to imitate the way it's delivered because okay. I think it's so well-crafted. Yeah. Um, it's by this uh, comedian-American yeah. called Ali Wong. She's got two of specials course. on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're both great. The first one, I think, is a monument. I, yeah, totally. I think the first totally, one is totally, totally. Baby brilliant. Cobra. And she's got this joke where she says, like... Um, Sometimes I like to surprise the man I'm having sex with by pushing a thumb up their (laughs) arsehole. And this, this joke has everything. Let's unpack this joke. Like, this joke has everything. So first, there's the shock factor of we're talking about... Anal sex, but yeah. we're also talking about heterosexual sex. So yes. this will already send most people into a short circuit, you know, <laughs> so into a feedback of what, wait, what Was it anal? Wait. But with a woman, and it's a woman talking it's a about woman sex. Doing so, it, and how can yeah. a woman enjoy it if she doesn't have like a, whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that starting with that um, that line, it already sends people into this spiral of what is going on. Yeah, and she goes. Um, you know, she, she, and she does this what like like a little, she calls it a little push push in the tush tush. Um, and then she goes, she goes a bit quiet and she says, and a lot of men, and she does this with her voice and I try to, a lot of men don't like that because they think that if a woman, and she's so sweet, they think that if a woman pushes her finger up their ass and they like it, then that might mean that they're gay. And she just lets it hang there for a little minute. Mm. And then she looks straight at the audience, does these crazy eyes with her glasses and she goes, and I like that theme. <laughs> and it's so good. It's so good because it tells you so many things about who she is and who her husband is and how um, and yeah. how men are and women are. And it's just this little moment, and it's not even a joke in the sense of <laughs> set up punchline. Like it's not really a yeah. punchline because there's no, there's no really a surprise. You know that she's, a, you know, she's, or her, or her comic persona is very mean spirited or at least yeah. very, you know, very um, acidic. Yeah. But it's the way she does the eyes, like just the eyes, are
1: like and I like and that. the and the
0: cat, the cat eye, the cat, yeah, yeah, the cat's eye. glasses, the librarian's glasses, and it all the, just yeah. blends together, and her, her body language and everything, and she just pushes her head back, just and I like that, tea. yeah, oh and my I God. find myself just <laughs> making scrambled eggs, just making scrambled eggs in the kitchen, and I go and I like that. <laughs> So, While your boyfriend so, is in the back, just going, No, he does oh, it crap. too. He does it okay. too because we watch the, the thing together. And I told him, okay. this is a fantastic joke. So it kind of became like an in-joke for us. Yeah, yeah. So I would go like something. something and, and we would just work, we will work that line into any situation. So it'll be yeah. like, you know, it's like, oh, um, I don't know if I'm going like, to, if I'm going to have time to do everything I need to do and then make it yeah. to my show and so on. And then he'll go, and I like that fear. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so much fun. I love that joke it's just right now, that is a
1: joke yeah. I'm obsessed with. Okay, good. That's, it. That's a good joke. Yeah. Um for me, oh my god, there's so many jokes that I love. Uh uh I'm gonna have to go right. I love um you know, I love self deprecating humor, even if Hannah Gatsby says we shouldn't. Um, she says she shouldn't. She says she shouldn't. But um but the I mean especially like, you know, I, like you said I don't know, you said this before we started this recording, but, you know, deadpan humor, this, you know, sort of deadpan delivery and this whole thing. Like, one thing I love telling to people, you know, it's like when something bad happens, like, I'll tell them, like, you know, it's, I know it's fine. Like, I need to, I'll be right back. I just need to go and cry in the bathroom for five minutes. Yeah. Um, This is fine. And, and and I like it's, that people kind of like, spot, and, yeah. and I like that reaction of people that is he being serious, you know, like, yeah. and then they laugh. And, you know, then if I'm in the bathroom crying and they, they laugh again, it's okay. Um Or, you know, when I tell people, you know, when all else fails, just, like if you're in a, on stage and no one's laughing, you know, just remember that the one thing that will people always laugh at is if you just like, you know, like go down to a fetal position and cry, people will love that. Um, so, uh, and I, and I do that because it, it makes, you know, a, a comedian get, laugh a little before going on stage. Uh, but, but I, but, you know, in Friends, the series, there's this part where, uh, I forget exactly the setup, but Rachel's not feeling well at all. And, and, you know, they ask her like, how are you doing? And she's like, the nights are the hardest, but then the day comes and that's as hard as the night. And then the night comes again. And it's just such a very elegant. I I think I
0: remember this joke. I haven't seen Friends in ages, but I think I I remember it. But isn't she. Sorry to correct you while you're telling me about a joke that you like, but isn't she actually pretending to feel bad? Like she's stalling for time for some reason?
1: Like... Probably. Uh,
0: she has, she's... Like, they tell him... They tell I don't him know. Like, Friends
1: merges into they... my head. All the episodes are together. Like, it's like Phoebe's married to Rachel. Yeah. No way that's fanfic. Uh, <laughs> well. well, you know, but she, she would... Like, Rachel should have married Phoebe, you think about. Russ does not deserve... Anyway.
0: Rachel was always my favorite friend.
1: Yes. Yeah, for like, me, it was Phoebe. No, most, most people were like, Phoebe and
0: Chandler, or like... But, like, and this is something that me and my current live-in boyfriend we, we've moved in um together a couple of weeks ago um this is something we genuinely bonded over during the first few dates like i would tell my like your favorite friend as it's like as Rachel's, like my favorite friend is Rachel too. Like we, yeah. we thought she was underappreciated, but she was so funny sometimes. Like she, she was really funny. She had these things like with Jennifer really, Aniston, really, really, really funny. and it was funny in a less cartoonish way. I think totally. Like it did take into consideration that she went on a journey throughout the series and yeah. so on. But it was like, yeah, it's so good. That joke reminds me of a joke that Frasier did. It which was, was. on Fraser, which was very similar. Which is. Um, niles fraser's brother has just gotten divorced from his wife and uh his i think it's his father or someone asks him and and, um do you do you still feel bad about this um and he says well i do feel bad sometimes when i'm alone and sometimes with when i'm with other people yeah Yeah, it's it's, it's this like double it's
1: like it's like that Shania twain song it only hurts when i breathe anyway uh so next question
0: the topic of the next question is fandom, right? Fandom, I mean, yeah. Uh, because you, you, we, you know, it's, it's what we bond over these yeah. days. Like, what do you like?
1: Fandom is a very, like, you know, a sort of like a very modern term and it's like gotten into, now it's in the mainstream, like it used to be more a Tumblr thing. When Tumblr was fun and had porn. Uh, I mean, it still has porn, it's just harder to find. So, what's your question about...
0: <laughs> but if there's a will... You know, if there's a rule. You can't stop people from having porn. Like there's no there's no way you can stop that. Um okay, so about fandom. Uh, this is this is gonna be really stupid, but um who was your first fandom like crush? Like
1: What's my first fandom crush? You're just dead set on making people know that I'm old, aren't you? No, not
0: really. Like my first fandom crush was never-ending Story. And I try, just, a I just you, spoiled I betray you or
1: the, or, the, or the good luck dragon. Uh. <laughs> it was the rock monster, actually. It's of course. Gamork was kind of... I mean, I'm, I have a thing for wolves. But um, the, let's stop talking about me. Let's start talking about me. Uh, what's my first le- fandom crush? Um, I mean, I, I actually talk about this in, in my comedy. Uh, I think if I would have to give the, the, the honor of like, this is the first person that I, the first character that was like, I am, you know, feeling things for this character. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do know that the, the thing or in Spanish, Los Cabellos Zodiacos, I mean, I know it's, it was kind of known worldwide, but I think, in, I think anime did, it wasn't as prevalent in the U.S., uh but from Saint Seiya, uh Phoenix Iki the the character name is Iki and you know there he's the 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 Phoenix saint and you know and he's you know this very uh you know, like, very, you know, kind of gruff guy. He's a man's man. He's a man's man. man. Uh, he's yeah. supposed to be the oldest one in the main cast, which, I mean... Makes him about this, 15, right? Exactly, exactly. You, that's what people don't understand. Like, they look like, oh my god, they're 18. No, I think I think Pegasus starts at 13. 13, yes. Yeah, it's just, like, like, insane. And I do talk about this, like, how in any cartoon, there is the good guy that is, quote-unquote, bad, you know? Because, like, Phoenix starts the series and he's
0: bad. The Sixth Ranger. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Oh my god. The X-Men Wolverine is, you know, he's he so does it for me because he's again, you know, he's a good guy but he's gru, he's, he's you know, he he broods and you know, he's emotionally unavailable and will never be able to love you. And that's what I love in a man. And that's why I'm alone.
0: I was going to say, I was going to say, like, I see a pattern here. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, if they're violent and, they're, and you don't know. If you're yeah, but they're not them.
1: violent against you. They, okay. they will take care of you. And they'll be like, no, don't come to close because I'm violent. And you're like, no, it's fine. I can. And then you go, I can fix them because you're, because. Uh... Everyone likes a project. Like, everyone, <laughs> no. everyone likes a project. Exactly. That's why I love YouTube tutorials. There no, you go. Uh, so yeah I, the the honor would go initially to uh Fe- Iki of Phoenix of Saint And about and how about you?
0: Well um never ending story but here's the twist my crush and it was such a huge crush. Was the child like empress. Ooh. Um which you know I, I like I'm I'm feeling really like I feel like I'm soiling myself with shame right now because I am a twenty-eight year old man saying, Oh, oh, the childlike Empress you were a child. she was hot. You were I was a child. She was she was And oh, technically she's immortal, so she if anyone should be jail. put in jail is her. She was possibly older than me, um, when I watched it. And um, I remember that she was just so pretty. She was she just was. so pretty. And I remember that she only appears in like five minutes of the film. And there's this beautiful scene at the end where, like, the nothing has consumed all of Fantasia. And it's just her and Bastion. Yeah. And she saved a grain of sand. She saved a grain of sand, and that's all that's left. And she tells him, and she's so... She's still strong. I I remember that. She was still... She wasn't like, oh, my God, poor thing. She was like, there is hope. Yes. There is hope. This This is what you must do now. Instead of just like, oh. Please help me! Like no, she was like, there is hope. You have to do this, but it's this beautifully lit scene where there is nothing. Like it's just black, but you can see their faces, and they both look so beautiful. They're both both children. They look so beautiful, and she has this little pendant hanging from her. Yeah, her her her, her,
1: her whole character. She looks so
0: ethereal and so so beautiful. And I remember that I was just looking at. I was like. I want to be Bastion so bad because it's such an intimate moment between children. It's not sexual no. at all, but there is an intimacy and there is a, I've been with you throughout this adventure. And and that's when you realize, by the way, that she is aware of his existence Yes, because they've been living in different worlds. And, and suddenly he yeah. is face to face with the Empress and she goes, now you have to save my world, which in the end kind of would make her a bit of a damsel in distress, but it's handled in a way that is not... It doesn't make you feel like she's helpless. It just makes you feel that all hope is lost yeah. for her and for everyone. I wouldn't, I wouldn't
1: call her, because, especially because the whole point of uh, the never-ending story is, um, I mean, in a way, uh, the childlike empress is never really in danger. She just creates this uh, whole situation for Bastion to uh, come into himself. Yes. Uh, so it's more. So, so you could even argue that she's never, she's quote unquote never in danger, um, yeah. because in the end she, could, again, she creates this whole thing for Bastion too. I mean, I think I love the movie. I think that uh, I think the book is better, um, but it is. Um, and yeah, no, she's she she was quite.
0: I like the book, but the book doesn't have that scene in that particular way, no, and it it's doesn't. the lighting and it's the silence. I remember the silence. Yeah, because. Like, um, there's a storm going on and Bastion just, um, you know, goes yeah. out into the window and gives uh, gives her a name, I think. Yeah, he yeah, she has name. to name her. Yeah, he has to name her and he gives her a name. And everything is terrible because, which like, is... the horse has died, which was its own bag of I mean, nightmare. I, I'm going
1: to stub you right there because I think we should have an episode about The NeverEnding Storm. We should, we, we should. should. we, we So should, we're we going to have that. We should revisit, we should revisit. We're going to stub you right there. But
0: so many things have gone terribly wrong and okay. the wolf scared me and then it's quiet it's the quiet scene yes. and just to finish with this I used to have it on VHS and I would rewind that scene over and over again so much that when you played the whole thing and the, her scene came up this kind of static <laughs> these lines of static would come yeah. up and it was like because I just kept doing it And so she was yeah. my first line and it was such a I loved her yeah. I, I genuinely loved her Okay, so yeah
1: that's fine. Uh, good. My question, my fandom question is, what was the first book or TV series or movie that made you think about the lore, about the whole world, that, that made you interested in the world building? That it wasn't, okay, this was the movie, but now I want to know everything.
0: It was neither of those things. It was a video game. Okay, actually. of
1: course, yeah. That should, was, I, should have, I should have added that. It was that. a video game.
0: Um, it was this... Um, This video game uh, called uh, The Elder Scrolls... Of course. uh, Morrowind and Oblivion. Because I I, I actually wasn't like... um, I I hadn't played either of them. And then Oblivion came out and I played Oblivion. And uh, Morrowind was the previous one. And I played that as well. It was terrible graphics. It was awful. But it was so... I remember like feeling this is unlike anything else I've played. And probably, by the way, if if you're a fan of video games and you're like, but this other studio did this game and, you know, the Oblivion people just ripped them off. Fine, whatever. Like, Oblivion ripped them off, but they they got to me first. So whatever. Um, And I remember, like, in Oblivion and in Morrowind, like, you're just walking around this world and it's so huge. And there's so many things to do, so many people to talk to, and they've all got their own lives. Like, I remember in Oblivion, I, uh, you would find a shopkeeper and shopkeeper's like, oh, I sell weapons here and whatever. Yeah. With, a rubbish, with a rubbish accent and everything. I sell weapons. And if you hang around the store, eventually the, the, the world clock will reach 8pm and the guy would close up, close up shop Head upstairs to his bed, sleep next to his wife, who has been shopping around this place, and they would rise up again the next day, and they would have lives. Yes, like, it was the first video game that I saw. Like they've given people lives. Obviously, it had its limitations. Of whatever. It's, it's probably it was 2006. It's 13 years old. Um, but I remember that. And then I would find that there's books in this video game, and you can go in there and you can open books and read about
1: the mythology the, and the, the mythology history and
0: they've put they put so much work into yes. it so much work into it and you could find like this tiny town that you visited twice only to buy some potions it turns out it's got a rich history it used to be really rich and then it became a really kind of a shanty town because of this economic crisis uh, during the political re-establishment of uh, borderlines yeah. and whatever and everything is so rich and there's so many things like, and I remember that I was dating this guy uh, during that time, uh, as I was playing it, and I would play it on in on my computer, and he would go in. He was a gamer as well. He would come into the room. He was more of a first-person shooter kind of person okay. because I also like stupid. Those people. are people too. Well, uh, <laughs> well. Anyway. No, you know what? No, I feel like if my dog had the capacity to play video games, he would play first-person shooters, like the simple mind. But he would have a lot of fun too. True, 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 true. true. You can't deny that. And but, dogs um, are cute. And he would come into the into the flat we had. This was in Australia, actually. And he would come into the flat we had, and he would see me. I'm a huge reader, and he would see me reading a book that was in the game, <laughs> and he would go like, "Oh!" But he wouldn't. He would pay no money. Like he would be like, "Okay, well, he's reading something," and then he would like walk around the flat again two hours later and I'm still reading other books in that same shelf (laughs) and he would go like what the fuck are you doing why are you not killing anyone I'm learning about why the elves were exiled to this island 3,000 years before this game takes place and and why you can find some ruins and so on and I was Blown away. I was like, this is such a huge thing. Yes. And I appreciated the craftsmanship or the craftspersonship of creating <laughs> creating this world. And I was I was blown away. And yeah. I cannot like every time a game like that comes out, I'll just I'll just go into that game yeah. and I will pay it for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I think that back when I was when I was really young, I would play like Street Fighter for hours, and my mom would be like, "Are you okay? Like you've been hitting these tiny people <laughs> for hours? Like I'm I'm concerned." But now I don't think that applies anymore because within a game you can do so much, yeah, and you can. I don't know. That was the first time. Like, yeah, I think
1: I, I, what, what's I, I the only playing the only. Uh, game in that series I played is the one with the Dragonborn.
0: It's oh, Skyrim!
1: Skyrim, yeah. of course. It's the latest um, one. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it was an MMO after that. But anyway, but yeah, I, I, it got kind of frustrating for me because I do like to like you know like explore every nook and cranny, and with there's so many nook and crannies. It's like I I'm never gonna I'm never I'm not gonna get out of the first you know town. I hate I hate this. I think that's an amazing thing about video game writing that it's it's about writing the whole world, and games like those just are so are such a massive projects. It's amazing that they exist. Like, it's just mind-blowing to me.
0: Yeah, and it's expansive and it spans, like, several games. Like, mm-hmm. Because before then, it's not like I hadn't been interested, like, The Lord of the Rings. I read The Lord of the Rings and I was like, oh, so much lore and so much things. But you always consider them, like, this self-contained thing. Yeah. Like, you start the books and you finish the books and that's it. And even yeah. the big ones, like, The Count of Monte Cristo, like, Fifteen hundred pages. Yeah. Yes, but the story is done. There's nothing beyond that because you're a big fan of fan fiction. Like, I am. And I, what I really, I'm, I'm not that much of a fan. I've, I've read. I've take. I've, I've even like given it a crack to write a couple. But mm-hmm. what I really love I about fan about fiction. You. Yeah, but, but it was. Just, it was I, I never even published it. But <laughs> if it was, you hear
1: that? Ignore it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but um, what I really like about fan fiction people, the fan fiction crowd is that they refuse to let a story go yes they will not let it fucking go a lot of people's like that's annoying it's like well i mean i mean maybe but and, it's also admirable
1: and I, and i will take the, the opportunity to now answer uh the question um which is uh for me it was actually um sailor moon the cartoon uh, because Sailor Moon, uh, you know, you know, it started, and of course, you at first you only had Sailor Moon's or Mercury, Third Mars, Jupiter, and Venus. So there was a question like, what about the other planets? Uh, there are
0: other planets, exactly. And, and
1: and and I knew at the moment that there was that they had, you know, that they the Sailor Scouts already uh, the other the outer Sailor Senshi, the 12, were, already out in Japan. We just needed to get into the whole thing. But like it for me, it was okay. So what's next? You know what's next for these uh, um, for for these people? You know, like you wanna, you ended the the second series, which is uh, it was super no super. So you already have that. Um Sermon R, uh, and you you know that in the next series they are going to come out, but you don't know. So like that's what it was me like sort of starting to come into the internet in its you know in it in, in its in its birthing stage and sort of finding, you know, theories and people making fan characters. And, you know, you said like, this is my idea for a sailor Saturn, this is my idea for a sailor Neptune, this is my idea for a sailor Pluto, whatever. Uh, so for me, it was that show, the fact that you could just imagine um, there being a whole plethora of other characters that you don't know. And the, the opportunities for what, who they were, And what were they, what were they going to do once they appeared in the, in the roster? It was, it was just infinite. You know, they could be good. They could be bad. They could be, uh, have like a hidden backstory. They could be trying to like usurp the moon kingdom or something. They could, like, you think, okay, fine. You know, Sailor Moon, uh, it's, you know, like Jupiter has however many moons Jupiter has and whatever. So like, what about those other? So it's just for me was the first time. You know, going into fan theory and you, you know, just uh, realizing that uh, this world that w- this one person created—it was big, but also it was w- it was made bigger by all the people saying like, "Oh, this could happen. This could happen." And I think nowadays that kind of. I don't like the word, but it's kind of tainted by people wanting to be right about their own theories. Uh, I think that when, when it first started, it was more of the idea, like, what's your theory? Oh, my theory is that, you know, there's this, what's going to be that? Oh, my theory is this. And when the actual Sarah Saturn came out, it was like, okay, no, we, neither of us were right, but that doesn't make our ideas any less valuable, you know? It was like, so yeah, for me, it was Sarah Moon, the, the, that series, that what it made me like. So um, this is getting a bit long. So let's just uh, let's just do the last two questions. Um, the the last question is, an, is a wild card. It's I'll a wild. go first. Okay, go. Uh, speaking of right now, uh, do you have an original character for a series uh, that you made yourself for a series? And if you have them, please describe. Um,
0: I don't have an original character. I don't. But, but here's the thing: I really like. Um, as I'm a hardcore gamer, I love gaming, and even if it sounds trite, the best game engine that's ever been created is the human imagination, which is why I love pen and paper RPGs. Of course. So I have created a lot of characters. Original characters. Original, yeah, like mine. Yeah, like I've created them and I put them in this world. Of course, they're surrounded by original characters because you're supposed to create your own character. Um, But I have created a a number of them and I I really love them. Like I get to, I get to like them. Like I I try to make them a bit flawed and I try to make them a bit funny sometimes. And, you know, some some of them are really angsty and some of them are really like, I I enjoy seeing a character grow from one chapter to the next. So I do have a lot of characters that are like dear to my heart. Like I can't think of one like right now, but it was like, um, there's this game, this pen and paper game that I play sometimes. And it's called Vampire the Masquerade. It's all about vampires and it's very dark. I
1: heard there's a few people that are into that.
0: Into vampires, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm into vampires, but only when I get to play as one. Like not really reading books about vampires, it's a bit boring for me. But um, and I, and there's this character that like, he was a, a gypsy. And it, it was Middle Ages. And I really liked like, how he grew and how he came into power. And he had this illusion magic thing going on so he could like, pretend to be a different race. Okay. And he, he became this like, really, really uh, important political figure in his, in his own time, wow. let's say. And the, I, I was playing with wonderful storytellers that would let you go in the direction you wanted while still having a story to tell. Yeah. Uh, and I went so far as to commission art of this character, so I would seek out people online, and I would be like, yeah. "This is what my character looks like." And I remember reaching out to this. This was Deviant Art times, and I would reach into this, uh, reach out to this girl who drew these amazing characters, and I was like, "I want you to draw three, like a triptych of how he started, his darkest hour, and his best hour." Okay. And she mailed me this triptych, ah. and I still have it with me. Uh, it's in a box right now because I've only recently moved. But this was a character that I really loved, and I had art mate about him. You have to show that to me. Yeah, it's such, it's such, it's so good. He's so yeah. good, and he's and he's kind of like handsome but a bit ugly, and it was, I don't know. I really liked, I really liked him. I really liked him. And I thought he was like an interesting yeah. character, and the kind of character like I would like to meet. I would like to meet him. And so different from me in so many ways. So, uh, yeah, that would be...
1: That's a that's a joy of uh, pen and paper RPGs. I've I played a couple of times a, a couple of games with friends, and yeah, the two characters I created for those were... You know, they're also kind of based on... I mean, there, there's a base OC some people, some of us yeah. have. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a, it's great you get to, like, play that character. And especially when you have the right group of people to play with. Um, don't worry. You've ruined the podcast. Oh, whatever,
0: whatever.
1: You've ruined everything. I'm going to just go to Subway and wait for this phone to be stolen. Your original character, please. Just one, just the one?
0: Yes, <laughs> you have to choose.
1: Just the one? Um. Well, you know, uh, now they call them personas, and you know you have them like, you know, for Steven Universe, you have the gem sonas, and then for Dream Daddy, you have the dad sonas. Do you have a gem sona? Of course I do. Oh my <laughs> oh my God. And then for, uh, there was a witch sona uh Thing last year in Tumblr, uh, and whatever. And there's a million versions of Zonas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course, of course, I have a Gem Sona. The moment I started me, I started I, I, watching I to tell me about Steven Gemsona Universe, I
0: love Steven Universe. Yeah, yeah you've, um, you, you've seen the la-
1: the latest. Movie. I haven't.
0: Seen oh it. my god. Oh I know. God. I, don't,
1: I don't. That's the kind tell, of me thing. About you, tell me about your Gem Sona. Okay, um, my Gem Sona. Who is she? Uh, they. They, I guess. I mean, he, whatever. Oh. Uh, like, do take into account that I started working the Gem on season one when I had no idea about the huge world of yeah. uh seven Universe and the diamonds and everything. So like now you know there are things that I'm like, okay, that doesn't wanna, uh, you know, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to like work into. But uh, my first uh say iteration of the Gem uh, was I was like thinking. This have been turned to death, of course, but obsidian because they well, they wanted the the black. I thought like okay, black, black is cool. Black is cool. Also obsidian, very Mexican. Exactly. Um, so uh, and I really the thing about Years, what, what, and I love the again first season you had like very definite characters like you know very de- that were made in a very um, like. Were, the shapes were very obvious, the colors were very obvious, and the weapons. Like, I love that Peril had a spear, um, and you know how the fusions, like, fuse the weapons. Uh, so, I, so I, I was thinking, okay, can't be any of the weapons that already exist in that. Uh, so, what I ended up with, so it's, obsid- so it's Obsidian, um, kind of dressed, uh, you know the monks from Final Fantasy? Yeah. So, kind of like that, uh, you know, lots of bandages, you know, kind of like tallish. you know. Um, if you've seen Final Fantasy Tactics, if you've seen the monks from Final Fantasy Tactics, it's kind of like that. Uh, so, like, this weird black vest, kind of exposed chest, because I didn't think of any other place to put my, the gem other than on the Adam's apple. Um, and uh, at this point, I assumed all the gems were going to be female-coded, but, you know, like, whatever. This is my gemstone, I can do whatever um you can do whatever you want and and so for the weapon i ended up uh choosing i forget what it's called the knuckles the thing the, um,
0: oh yeah the iron knuckle thing iron knuckle, knuckle thing knuckle, yeah, yeah, but okay. of
1: course like like you know uh uh sort of uh styla- stylized to make them to make him you know more uh it was more of a bangle <laughs> extra exactly yeah okay. it's like they double as a yeah, bangle you yeah. know you can just like like you know, like a little comb thing for your hair. And so yeah, those, uh, and of course, Obsidian had a dark past. Of course, had a dark past with uh, with the whole gem war thing. Uh, uh, as the series progressed, I, I I I'm like, there's no way this character exists in this universe. But you know, that's kind of like where it started, and. I like
0: your gemsona though. I mean just I've I've created a gemsona too. It's not really a gemsona, but like with this group of friends that we roleplay, we sometimes will roleplay things that haven't been written. So we've roleplayed um Steven Universe. Of course. Um, it took place like five hundred years before Steven was even born and it was a different place. And I'd created a character too. It was a, it was the fifth diamond. Ooh. It was Cloudy Diamond. Ooh. Because I'd, I'd just been reading about how, like, cloudy diamonds are discriminated against because they're, like, they're not perfect, so they're not good. And this uh, Cloudy Diamond uh, was um, unable to keep a form for longer than a day. So yeah. every time the day passed, would emerge as something completely different. Okay, And it was, like, greyish. And it was a very... It wasn't really a... a it was kind of an NPC because it was kind of one OneNote, okay. but it, it was created as an enemy because I was a storyteller. So it was okay. created as an enemy, but I liked that because it was like this diamond who is, doesn't get to be part of the authority, but it's still part of the authority kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I wrote the whole thing of like, how did they uh, create corruption? Like, mm-hmm. how did corruption come about? And it was because the other four diamonds took inspiration from... Cloudy diamonds are like okay. we can do this to someone else. So it was like it was weaponized, kind of like it was fun. It was
1: fun. I like. Oh my god, I love that. I, sto- I love that story. I liked it. I yeah, loved it. Was, it. it was anyway, fun. so I mean, this has gone for a while, yeah. uh, the, and you now you know a little bit more about us. Uh, the next episode, we're going to be talking about something specific. So we don't know what yet. Just come for the next episode whenever that happens. Uh, next week, I don't know what day is today, but next week we're going to yes. have another, another episode. Uh, I need to go with a show later he has a show he's a very yeah, important yeah I'm a very important fan. person so You have a show i a comedian yeah so, um, so where can they find you
0: uh, you guys can find me in uh, I'm on yeah I have Twitter and it's at Mr. Drama Mr. Spelt the full way M-I-S-T-E-R and same for Instagram which I really ignore I'm more of a Twitter
1: person okay uh my social media is a mess, but you can find me uh at Mentonaro, which is the, my name with all the letters mixed up. M-I-N-T-O-N-A-R-E-L. Uh that's in both. Can uh, you use
0: it in a sentence.
1: Yes. Mentonaro is the most pretentious username I have ever had. Very and good. I love it. Very uh good. so Instagram or Twitter, you can find me there. Uh, we're gonna have social media for uh, the Mexicans at some point. I will. I will add the. I will, I will add on something at the end, so you know. Uh, I think that's it. Dad we? We haven't agreed on a, on a goodbye for things, for this. No we're, no, we're 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 gonna let it develop organically. That's the thing we're trying to do.
0: Yes, this is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.